This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 825 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you, one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report on horses in the morning. The Hit'em crew is joined by the Horse.com news editor Erica Larson and Dr. Jones for a refresher course on hot weather horse care, plus a quick bit of before-the-storm-hits advice from Dr. Jones. And we'll get right to our tip after this shopping tip from Equestrian Collections. Hi, Glenn here from the Horse Radio Network, and I am with Debbie from Equestrian Collections with their product of the week. Hi, Glenn. I am so excited to report that we have Pro Chaps Half Chaps back up on our website. I love these things. Um, the reason I love them is because they cover the gamut of all sizes. They go all the way from tiny to not so tiny. And when you put them on, they look like tall boots. And the reason for that is they have a neoprene stretch panel in there. You don't see it from the outside, but it's so it's, it's not too tight. It's the perfect tightness to keep you feeling very secure and looks very good. They are expensive, but they are so worth it. And if you're a hard-to-fit rider for half-chaps, these are definitely the ones to look at. The leather is very easy to keep. It's a waterproof leather. I have uh, all, both colors because, you know, you got to have the brown ones for the brown outfits. And <laughs> you can't clash. Everything else. <laughs> But you, um, I just take, um, I can clean them with um, uh, any kind of regular saddle cleaner, or you can just wipe them off. These, these things are fabulous. I totally, totally recommend them and have for years. And that's the Pro Chaps Fit Half Chaps. You can find them at equestriancollections.com. Just go to Equestrian Collections and search for Pro Chaps, and they'll come up. And pay real close attention to the size chart. There's a very, very detailed size chart uh, when you go to uh, look for your chaps. And don't forget to sign up for our Savvy Shopper program. Those are weekly emails that give you the first crack at the best sales and all the best information on our products. This week we are talking about summer horse health care, and I know here in Kentucky it's it's pretty warm at the moment. We're we're in the the mid 80s, and it's it's definitely summertime. So we're going to talk to Dr. Jones about all different different things horse owners should know about caring for their animals when it's warm out. Hello, Dr. Jones. Good morning. There she is. Okay, good. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everybody else doing? Good. It's good to have you back. Good. Glad to be back. Before you get into the summertime things, can I ask a quick question of Dr. Jones, Erica? Absolutely. Have well, at it. Well, Chantel is making her way up. A tropical storm is supposed to be uh, coming right over the state of Florida this weekend. Now, it's not supposed to be a hurricane, but it'll be a, a huge rain event uh, here in Florida and, and will douse us like we haven't been getting enough rain this year. Uh, what do you see in your practice, Dr. Jones? You're right above Orlando, so you're right in the middle of the state. What do you see when, when these tropical storms and, and light hurricanes come across? 
do you see certain things you know you're going to get call, certain calls every time when these storms hit? Um, colic is the number one really? because of the change of weather seems to upset some of the stomachs of some of the sensitive horses. So colic's number one. That's not what I Number expected. two would be cuts. <laughs> Mild cuts and lacerations. I don't get like dismembered body, bodies or anything like that because we really don't get that bad of storms on the um, in the central area, which is good. Um, but that's from them running into things or things that are in their field that normally is not in the field that has come um, out from neighbors' houses or off the roofs or things like that. So when they say to tack down things when these storms come through, they really do mean it because you know any anything that's been tr- uh, tossed over can cause a problem in the pastures with the horses. Okay. And those are the like two big things. Very good. All right, Erica. Sorry about that. No problem. All right. Well, Dr. Jones, um, it's good to talk to you again. Um, what are some of the big horse health problems you see during the hot summer months? Well, number one here in Florida, I don't know how bad of a problem it would be in Kentucky, but I do know it's a problem in the Gulf states. So Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana is anhydrosis, and that's when the horse's uh, sweating system shuts down. <clears throat> we still don't have a rhyme or reason of what that ca- what causes it or how to fix it, but there's a lot of options out there, and they just need to talk to their veterinarian about either how to control it as best they can or uh, how to uh, treat it as best they can. The second thing is heaves. Heaves here in Florida. Now, it's a, that's a wintertime thing up north, but down in the south it's a summertime thing, and it's either due to what's blooming in the field and or uh, added to it is the deep humidity we get here in Florida as well as along the other Gulf states. So we have very bad heavy horses. And then, of course, what we always fear is the colic. And colic is due to dehydration. And I can't say that they're colicking because they're dehydrated. They're colicking because the dehydration starts a cascade of problems, which is basically a uh, royal constipation, which we call an impaction in a horse, that the horses will get when they are um, not drinking a sufficient amount of water during the summer heat. Either it's not supplied to them or they're just not recouping it <clears throat> for themselves fast enough as fast as they're sweating it off, either because they're in work or uh, they're in a very hot pasture with very little shade. So obviously keeping horses hydrated is very important during the summer. So how much does an average horse need to drink? And, and if a horse doesn't seem to want to drink that much, are there any ways to encourage them to drink? Well, the whole phrase, you take a horse to water, you can't make him drink, is <laughs> so true, so very true, because usually my post-colics, I like to see them drink a lot of water, and even in the uh, surgery hospitals, they want to see them drink a lot of water after they've taken them off fluids, and they just can't seem to encourage them with any kind of tricks that they've tried. Um, the average is 10 gallons a day, and that's just average. It's going to go up significantly when you get your horse in training. Even if you ride at the cool times in the morning or the evenings, uh, 10 gallons may not be sufficient enough for a horse that sweats quite a bit. The um, Trying to get them to drink, the competitive trail ride people and some of the three-day event people after their endurance phase uh, on uh, cross-country have used those paste electrolytes to try to encourage a horse to drink after uh, um, a good run or during the competitive trail rides or endurance trail rides. Electrolytes, people like to put them in the water to see if they can drink them down. I always tell people you can do that, but make sure you have a normal water source because if that's their only water source and they don't like the smell of it, or the taste of it, now you've just dehydrated them more by not allowing them to drink it. Um, So if you're going to try that for the first time, make sure you offer them their normal water source. The other option is the electrolytes in their feed, and that's always a good 
thing you can try in the summertime, and then the free choice electrolytes, either in a block form or the thrown granular forms. All right, and switching gears a little, how hot is too hot to ride? You mentioned some people, um, some endurance or eventers, you know, are, are out there working hard. So how hot is too hot? It's a combination of um, heat and humidity. So I can't say at 95 degrees that's going to be too hot because it could be 95 degrees in Arizona and just be dry as a bone and the horses do perfectly fine. Um, it could be that'd be cool there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 95 degrees here in Florida and have 100% humidity and you're galloping on a um, cross country trail or through, you know, in an open pasture and uh, your horse is going to come back in dripping wet and have some issues. So it's going to be a combination of the heat and humidity. You uh, don't want a combination that's going to basically put your horse's uh, core temperature over 102 or 103. Um, And that's an easy judgment when you're riding is that when you're done riding, take the horse's temperature because it's going to be hot. So if you're staying around 102 after a good ride, you're probably at a good place because you'll cool them off with the hosing them or take the saddle off and hand walk them, and you'll take a temperature about 10 minutes later, and it's already down to 101 and change or 100 and change. You know your horse is doing just fine. If they're staying up at 102 plus, you're having a, a bigger issue, and they're not able to cool off. So you need to get in front of fans, misting fans, do some cold water, ice baths, things like that. And the reason they're staying that high is because you've got added humidity added to it, and that's your, um, your problematic uh, area. If, when a rider is riding, is there anything they can watch for to indicate their horse might be having a problem with the heat? The respiratory rate. Okay. You're sitting on your horse and you're rocking in a rocking chair. They are, they're rocking you so hard because they can't seem to gas their breath um, or catch their breath. Um, that is too hard. Now, granted, you're going to get that after a gallop but they should recover fairly quickly if they're fit. If they are fit and they're not recovering, and recovery should be within about a 5- to 15-minute recovery period. 5 is a really fit horse. 15 is one that's working into becoming fit. And if you're not getting that recovery that quickly, you are having some significant problems. All right. Now, does heat and humidity impact very old or very young horses differently than it does your average adult horse? Well, just like in humans, the young horses bounce back quicker than the older. So, yes, the older horses are ones that we pay more attention to than the younger um, horses. The uh, anhydrosis, the shutting down of their uh, cooling system, that can affect a horse at any age. I've seen it at 7-year-olds, and I've seen it at 15-year-olds. So, again, I can't say that all old horses have problems, but um, those that are fit are going to have less problems than those who are not. All right. And what are some effective management changes owners can make to help their horses handle the heat, such as maybe they switch to night turnout or use some fans in stalls? What are your thoughts on that? Well, there's um, that, that's done a lot by a lot of my clients on their own. It's just common sense, as, as you would um, say. The Switching them to night turnout is a fantastic idea. The negative to that here in Florida and also, again, along the Gulf states that are very wet is the uh, noceums that will feast on the horse that have some allergies or fly allergy issues. And those horses will become um, more, uh, have more dermatitis problems and uh, be more aggravated with the bugs at night than those that don't have those allergy problems. So if you have an allergy problem on a horse, you're going to be kind of stuck with very little uh, options because you won't be able to do night turnout. You can do a few hours in the morning, bring them in during the heat of the day, and then a few hours uh, before it turns night in the in the afternoon, um, fans on the stall is always a plus. 
please be careful of the fans. I believe there's some that have been known to burn barns down, so please check the uh, electrical um, UL listings, I guess, on these fans and which ones you should leave alone and which ones you shouldn't. Uh, keeping the dust off of your fans is a huge thing, too, and off the electrical. And, and of course, um, the wiring should be good. The um, uh, hosing them down, I have some clients that actually have three-sided lean-tos out in open pastures that have no trees, so they have shade to get underneath that have either fans put in there or they have a misting hose put at the top of the roof, and the horses actually stand underneath those and cool themselves off. They will seek it out in the heat of the day and stand on those misting fans or misting hoses. And those are just like the ones they have in the parks that people go to where you stand in front of them and you actually don't get soaking wet. You feel the light mist on you. It cools off your body and it evaporates. So you're not getting wet. The horse is not getting soaking wet, but it just does enough to cause the evaporation and the cooling of the skin. And are there any tips you have for owners that might have to trailer their horses when the temperatures are very hot? I mean, I know it can get pretty warm in trailers. Um, A, don't do it if you can avoid it. B, if you have to go somewhere, meaning if you have a uh, veterinarian appointment, I have a client that's going tomorrow in the middle of the day to the university uh, for a um, very involved workup, and it's an older horse, and they're concerned about it too. Uh, So what they're going to do is just do the light wraps on the legs because I always like legs wrapped when they go. Um, So uh, not a heavy wrap on the legs so they're not sweating. And um, a fly mask on the face so they can open all the vents and all the doors, of course, with the screens on them so that they don't get anything in their eyes as they're moving. And uh, really that's the best thing. And then possibly take them off. That's a two-hour trip. So they'll take them off and they'll probably hose them down or cool them down fairly quickly into the shade area. Um, If you're having to travel cross-country, some of these commercial haulers will have air conditioning in their units or they may do a little bit more stops during the uh, hot part of the day. I do have a question on that. So we've had this situation before and I'm sure uh, everybody has. You're you're hauling in the summertime and you're fine as long as you're moving. You know, you're on the highway, traffic's moving and there's air, there's wind blowing through the trailer. You're in pretty good shape. But... If you get stuck in a traffic jam and you're sitting there for an hour, an hour and a half, you can't really take the horses off the trailer. You're, you're just stuck. You know, you're stuck and the horses are stuck. What do you do? The only thing you can do is offer water to the horses at that time. Yeah, that's about it. Um, you can. If you can, you can try to soak them down in the uh, trailer, but you will make a slick surface for them to stand on. And that's the negative of doing, you know, like a rinsing down of them and then sweat scraping them to try to lift the hair and, and cool them off. But, yeah, offering them water is the best thing. If you can get a sheriff to help you out and get you off the road, that would be the best thing. Find, you know, see if the sheriff will get you onto the, onto the shoulder, drive down the shoulder and get off an exit ramp and then find a place to, to get them off the trailer or find a different route. But, yeah, those are the really, really bad scenarios, very bad scenarios that are out there. Yeah, it's the same, I'm you know, we talk about... have fans, though. You can put fans in the trailers that are made by some of the RV supply companies that are safe for that. Yeah. What do you think yeah. about that? Yeah. That's I like anything the, I had a the air. that actually did uh, commercial hauling for us, and they had air conditioning in their um, horse trailer. So it is possible to put air conditioning in there. The reason they did is they are part of the, um, it was a program that was aired on Animal Planet called Pets, and it's a gentleman with the last name of Peterson that hauls animals from certain states to other states for adoptions. And so he takes them from these kill facilities, takes them all out of there, and takes them up to places where they are actually looking for certain breeds and adopting them. So, you know, I find it kind of silly that we're there taking dogs from Florida up to New York, and I'm thinking, what, does New Yorkers need out-of-state dogs to 
to adopt or but they're they don't have enough of their own certain, yeah they don't have enough of their own they're looking for certain types i suppose and this gentleman um he he had a program that was um aired on animal planet to showcase his um company he runs and they all have air conditioner trailers and their horse trailers because they put them in can- in crates in these horse trailers and crate them from one um state to another and they're all in air conditioning. So that's what this uh, client of mine did. And at the same time, they offered up horse commercial ha- hauling for the horses as well, and they had air conditioners for the horses. Hmm. So you can put an air conditioning unit in your horse trailer as well. I wouldn't I like know why, that. I I wouldn't know you, why not. I feel a whole yeah. sub-industry coming on, you know? <laughs> oh, That's your in our trailers with AC. I mean, the more I hear about all these other things, the more I'm thinking I could never own the trailer that I actually want because it's going to have <laughs> luxury in there for my horse. <laughs> all right. Well, these are really helpful tips where, um, I mean, I was paying close attention because I, I'm up in the Northeast, but I'll tell you, it gets really hot and humid here, and we've got a lot of management issues, particularly the bugs, the heaves, um, all of that stuff. And, you know, sometimes I think we work our horses just a little bit harder because, we're not in the South. We're not in those states where you have to really pay pay a lot of close attention. So these are really very helpful helpful hints for us. Thank you both, Dr. Jones and Erica, for, for joining us today. It's my you pleasure. You guys will be back again next week, right? We'll, we'll have you again next week. That sounds great. And Dr. Jones, what's your website? It's Florida, spelled out FloridaEquine.com, or our Facebook page is Florida Equine. Florida Equine Veterinary Service. It doesn't have the S on the end service um, for our Facebook page. And I also am going to put in a really cheap plug for next um, Wednesday, uh, July 17th at 10 p.m. on the Uplifting Channel will be the start of the Bullock Family Ranch, which is a reality show based off of a couple that is good friends of mine. We will be doing some farrier work on one of their episodes. Uh, Florida Equine Veterinary Services will be doing some farrier work with the uh, farrier Rusty Bullock. And that's a wrap. To listen to more of the Horse.com's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and look for the experts drop-down menu on the left. If you love listening to the Horses in the Morning gang putting in their two cents on all things horse, you can tune in every weekday at horsesinthemorning.com for fascinating interviews, news stories from around the world, clever contests, and general horsey hijinks. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you through the generous support of EquestrianCollections.com. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.